This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us a nationally recognized talent coach who has been near the top of the radio ratings since the year 2000. He is the Senior VP of Programming for iHeartMedia, and he's been doing so for the last 12 years. He's made a career out of public speaking, marketing, coaching, and solving problems for his clients. He holds a master's degree in business administration and a bachelor of architectural science from the University of Nebraska. He spends his time coaching high school kids and state hockey champion, I believe that's, that's the way it's said, at Millard West High School and other hockey teams in the USA. We have with us Eric Johnson. Eric, how's it going? Very well. Thanks for having me, Quinn. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you here, Eric. And you're definitely my guest that has been in radio for the longest. I've I never met anybody that's been in radio since 2000. <laughs> that's, you know, that's as of right now, that's 20 years. How yeah, did I've you actually, get into um, it? I've actually been in radio. I've been in radio about 30 years. I've been running radio stations. Uh, I've been running radio stations since 95. I, I didn't figure out what I was doing and I didn't hit the top until about 2000. So since 2000, we've been, uh, we've been near the top and rocking it. Um, but that, those first 10 years, I was just finding my way through it. And I got into it completely by accident. Uh, because as you, as you just mentioned, I have a bachelor's degree in architectural science, uh, and, um, which is just a fancy way of saying, uh, I got an architecture degree. I don't know why they call it a science. It was just in the science department. I don't know. It was, it's strange. But, um, as I was getting my architecture degree, um, I got an accidental job at a radio station because my brother worked there and, uh, they needed some part-time help. So I started working there. To, I was a college kid. I needed some extra college money. So I figured how hard can it be to run some audio? So I did that. And, uh, uh, then I needed an elective, right? You always have to go take, you know, uh, diving or underwater basket weaving or something as your elective. So I took broadcasting for the non-major because I figured I'm already working at a radio station. How hard can that class be? So I go and I take that class. And one night during class, the uh, radio station uh, manager comes in and says, we're looking for somebody to be the music director of the radio station. And so I talked to him after class. and I said, I'm, I'm not a broadcasting major. I'm a I'm getting my degree in architecture, but the gig sounds fun. And hey, I'm a college kid. I could use some extra college money. I'd love to be the music director. And so I became the music director of the campus station just for some extra cash. And uh, that ended up turning into a full-time gig at a regular radio station in town. Next thing you know, I'm finishing my architecture degree and then just <laughs> staying in radio. And my parents were like, we paid for an architecture degree. What are you doing in radio? And I said, well, I'm having fun. That's what I'm doing. I, I found what I loved and uh, being on the radio was great and playing music and I was just having a great time. And so um, I was actually a draftsman for two years. So I did put my architecture degree to work. However, I was a draftsman before I got the degree. So I don't know that that counts, but um, yeah, I've been doing it ever since, having a blast doing it. That is so cool that you actually picked what you really liked instead of like the one that was going to make you maybe the most money and the one that your parents wanted. So you went for the one you liked. That's impressive. Yeah. The, uh, the, I've just followed my dreams. You know, it was, uh, 
it was frustrating because I had such big aspirations to be an architect. And uh, as I was going through the architectural degree, we would take these design labs and uh, it was it was so ridiculously competitive. I can't tell you how. I mean, there's like 12 people in your design class, right? And you would all have, okay, we're going to design a fitness facility or we're going to design a uh, country club clubhouse for a golf course or something like that. And so we would all work on the same design for like six or eight weeks. And when we're wow. done, we would all present to the to a, a panel of uh, judges. You know, it was like our professor and a few professional architects. And they would compare all 12 um, designs to each other. The top three would get A's, the middle six would get B's, and the top bottom three would get C's. And that's how they graded everybody. And then you would start on your next, your next project. So it really didn't matter how good your design was, as long as it was better than everybody else's design. Mm-hmm. And that's how you would get your grade. And it was just, it was so cutthroat. And uh, radio was just fun. I got to play music I loved and talk to people. And um, I've always been a big, big fan of music and, and entertaining Uh, But I never wanted to get up in front of anybody. So on the radio, I got to sit there and talk to thousands of people. But I was in a room talking to people I couldn't see. (laughs) You know, so I was talking to myself in a room with no windows. And um, it was it was really cool. But that first full time radio gig, I made twelve thousand dollars a year. And uh, so I had to have two other jobs on top of that just to pay the rent and put some food on the table. So it was it was some slim pickings for quite a while until I actually uh, got into management. <laughs> that is so impressive, Eric. And so, I mean, since 1995 and now we're in 2020, what is like the biggest noticeable change for you? The thing because we know everything changes all the time, but what is the biggest change since then? The biggest change since 95 is it's, is everything's digital now. You know, back in 95, we were all cutting tape. You know, it was real to real. It was, uh, um, we had what we called carts, which were um, tape cartridges. And the carts looked like an eight-track tape, except it was just a stereo uh, tape. It didn't have eight tracks on it. It just had two, the, the left channel and the right channel. So we played our commercials off of those carts, and we played... Um, when we went to CD and we started playing music off CDs, like that was the big thing. Like, Oh, we, our music's on CD now. Look how cool we are. Um, and now it's all digital. Now everything's on the computer. Like if I need a song, uh, it's at the, at the tip of my fingers. And that's really what kind of got me into podcasting and coaching podcasters because I started listening to podcasts hmm, maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know, and, uh, I would listen to them and they were so bad, you know, the, the early, early podcasts out of the recording them out of the basement, you know, next to the furnace. And, um, I would just listen and I would go, man, if they just knew just some of the basics, their show could be so much better, you know, because when you, when you don't know what you don't know, how, you can't get better. And so that's when I started, uh, that's when I started podcast talent coach. I started podcast talent coach actually as a blog in 20, I think it was 2012. I started writing for Blog World um, because they had a podcast um, track at Blog World, and so I started writing for um, New Media Expo was their was their event, and I started writing a blog for them about podcasting. And then Dave Jackson over at School of Podcasting reaches out to me, and he says, uh, "I love what you're writing. You got great stuff." And I said, "Oh, thanks." He goes, "You really ought to turn that into a podcast because podcasters listen to podcasts." <laughs> and I said, "What?" 
why didn't I think of that? And so uh, 2013 was the launch of the podcast. So seven-year-old podcast, I mean, that's impressive. And I know you teach, you teach podcasters how to podcast, but there's other podcasters or other coaches that teach like the technical side. And I know that's not only what you do, right? You, you also teach the art of podcasting itself. Is that yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not, I do teach people how to start a podcast, but starting a podcast is fairly easy. I mean, you can go out and find a few YouTube videos or a cheat sheet. And, you know, if you go to podcast talent coach slash launch, I have a 21 point checklist that'll teach you how to launch a podcast. I mean, if you want to put some work into it, you could probably launch a podcast in a weekend. It's really not that difficult. Um, it's, it's what happens after you get it launched. That's what becomes the challenge. How do I get listeners? How do I keep them coming back? How do I entertain them? Uh, and that's the big thing. It's how do we take your, your information and turn it into entertainment? Because anybody can copy your information. If you have a formula, A plus B equals C, anybody can teach that. It's the personality that you add to that formula that makes your podcast magic. And that's what keeps people coming back. There are really three legs to the stool. If you want a successful podcast, you need promotion, which is going out and telling people that you actually exist. You need programming. That's what that's the content on your show. And then you need personality because that's what keeps people coming back. They, that, the personality is what creates that relationship with your listener. That's how they get to know you and like you and trust you and want to do business with you. And if you're missing that leg of the stool, the stool doesn't stand up. And so most podcast gurus will teach you programming. They'll teach you your content and how to launch that podcast. Some of them will teach you promotion on how to get listeners, but rarely will you find one that will teach you how to be a personality on your podcast. So you're entertaining, engaging, energetic, and you bring people to your show time and time again. That's, that's where I focus my attention. Okay. I, I like that because it's absolutely true what you said that any Google search is going to find a coach that's going to tell you how to connect things, what microphone to use. And there, of course, they're going to have their Amazon affiliate links to the microphone that they recommend. And everything is a little bit technical. And the technical side, like you said, for my own podcast, and I have two, I started with a YouTube video. It was a five-minute video of a girl showing how she would podcast. And, and I mean, that, I started from there, but there was no art in it, right? I was just, uh, right. yeah, it was just talking. And then something else happened. Like you said, at first you were speaking in this room by yourself. You were talking, it's just you and the microphone. <laughs> right, yeah. So that actually was what would make me a little bit, uh, I don't know what the expression is, but I was a little bit, um, I don't know. I would stare at the microphone and I would feel weirded out I'm here talking to myself and <laughs> right, I, yeah. I don't know if there's anybody actually listening. So yeah. I'm, talk, I'm talking to myself and then there's so on top of that imposter syndrome, which I bet is a podcast killer. Do, Absolutely. do, you, find, do you think so? Yeah. Uh, so many people think, oh, who would listen to me? You know, and uh, why would anybody want to come and, and appear on my show? Why would they want me want to let me interview them? So many people you know, I, I talked, I was coaching some people the other day as a group and they said, uh, yeah, but, but my podcast is brand new. How do I find guests for my show? I'm only on episode three. I don't have any listeners yet. Why would they come on my show? And I said, well, they come on your show because they love to talk about what they love to talk about. Like they, they have, it, it's their passion to talk about 
basket weaving or the art of the putt. You know, it's like that's what they love to talk about. And they don't care if they're talking to two people or 2,000 people. If they have a chance to talk about it, they're going to come talk about it on your show. And the way you get them on your show is you ask. You know, I, I've heard rumors. I haven't approached him, but I've heard rumors that Seth Godin uh, will go on most every show if it fits in his calendar and he has a book to promote. He'll, he'll go on anybody's podcast. Because the thing you realize is that even though the show only has 12 listeners today, that podcast lives on forever. And in three years from now, when that podcast has 3,000 people listening to it, they'll go back and they'll find episode six and they'll, they'll listen to it then. They don't have to. It's not the number of listeners you have today. It's the number of listeners that will listen to it for the lifetime. And you just have to believe in yourself. And if you, you know, that you, you have to just trust that what you have to say is valuable and, um, don't read the, don't read the comments and the ratings and just keep your head down. Talk about what you love and, and the audience will build. You know what, Eric, that's, it is one of the tactics that I use when, when I, um, when I start, when I launched mine was I was worried about who is going to come speak on my podcast because it is brand new. Everybody that launches is brand new. And I was thinking they they already have a massive following, some of these people. So uh, why would they? But then again, I thought, why wouldn't they? And exactly. I, I went on Twitter which, because it's very easy to get a lot of uh, – I was looking for really high, uh, massive, multi-million follower celebrities like Arnold Schwarzenegger because he, he is a good speaker too, you know, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Obama. I I reached out through them to uh, through Twitter – and then a lot of people told me, "You are crazy. Do you think they're going to come?" <laughs> and, and I and my my answer would be like, "The worst that can happen is that I don't even get a reply." Right. right? Exactly. Because even if I get a reply and it's no, because I did contact Seth Godin and he did said uh, he didn't say nobody said not at this moment, um, but you get an answer. At least you got something and you kind of communicated with Schwarzenegger, Pamela Anderson, uh, kind of, she was in defense of, I mean, so, uh, I mean, what do you have to lose? And it, it took me a while to get into that mentality, but as soon as I did, I contacted everybody and now look at this. I have the senior VP of iHeartMedia right here. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you, if you want to attract those big, uh, those big fish, uh, get on and get seen by them first. Like go respond to some of their posts, their Facebook posts, their Twitter uh, posts, you know, retweet their stuff, follow them on LinkedIn, you know, comment when they post stuff and get seen by them over the course of a few weeks and start nurturing that relationship. Like you're helping them um, propagate their message and you're sharing it and you're, you're uh, reposting it and you're retweeting it and you're helping them spread and they start to notice you. And then when you reach out, it's not necessarily a cold call saying, hey, will you be on my show? Um, you, you can email them and say, man, I love what you're doing. I, you know, I, I share your stuff all the time. And, you know, and they'll go, yeah, you know, Quinn, I've seen you share my stuff. And that's when you say, you know, could, I, could I take 15 minutes of your time and get you on the show? Yeah. You know, that just, even if you do a normal 30-minute interview and, you could only, and, you, and Seth can only give you 15 minutes, like take the 15 minutes and then build some stuff around it. Like make it a really special show, um, but and you can make it thirty minutes. Just put your stuff around it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
And tell me another thing, Eric. Starting out, we see a lot of the, you know, the gurus, the so-called gurus. Some are, some are not. But it seems like everybody needs the $2,000 sound setup. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and when I started out, I, I had a $70 microphone, and it was just a USB plug-in yeah. to, my, to my computer. And that's with, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, sound, not SoundCloud, Audacity. Audacity, Audacity, yeah. Yeah. And that's all I had. Is it really necessary, the $2,000 setup from day one? No, the most most people who are telling you to go buy that gear are making an affiliate commission on it. And that's why they're going to, to get you to buy that. Uh, here's the deal. Go buy a $70 USB microphone. You know, the Samson Q2U is an ideal microphone for podcasters who are just starting out. So, and it plugs right into your computer and that's all you need. Like it, you can spend $100 and get a boom arm, a mount and a microphone and a windscreen, like a whole package for $99 on Amazon or B&H or Best Buy or wherever and start. Because here's the thing, you don't know if you're going to enjoy it. And if you go out and you spend $1,000 to get a rig and set it all up and, and you're five episodes in and you're like, this sucks. Like, this is work. I don't like this at all. Well, guess what? Now you have $1,000 worth of paperweight. Like, don't go spend that kind of money. If you get into it and you're 100 episodes in and you're loving it, you can't get enough of it, then you might go look at upgrading to a, a Shure SM7B, which is about a $400 microphone, or a, a Electro Voice RE20, which is about a $500 microphone, or, you know, the, the, all the podcast gurus tell you to go out and buy the Heil PR40. Um, which you can, it's a decent microphone, but don't buy it right out of the box. And uh, a lot of podcasters who aren't, um, audio aficionados might recommend the blue Yeti, um, which is a decent microphone. If you know how to use it properly, it's a very difficult microphone to set up properly, unless you know what you're doing, because it has so many options to it. There's probably 20 different settings that you can set on that microphone uh, because it, you can record yourself, you can record two people, you can record the whole room. You, there's all sorts of settings, uh, which makes it a very versatile microphone. But if you don't know exactly which setting to use, um, that microphone will pick up a mouse fart and two stories up because it picks up everything if it's not set up properly. So um, just be careful what microphone you buy. The Samson Q2U is the one I usually recommend. I used to recommend the, uh, the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is about a $70 microphone too. Um, unfortunately, Audio-Technica, I think, discontinued that model. And the Samson Q2U is very similar to it. So that's, what I, that's the one I've been recommending lately. Don't go spend a lot of money. You don't need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a blue. It was a blue snowball. And yes, Although that one only has one setting, yes. but it does capture every every background noise uh, and even the ones that are far away because yeah. sitting interviewing somebody, there's sometimes I couldn't hear something, but when reviewing the audio, I could hear the background. And yeah, it's it's just it's a very sensitive microphone, and and that's that's Blue's specialty. I mean, they they're solid mics. But you have to have a soundproof room. You have to have a lot of baffling around that, so the noise isn't bouncing around. Because when it does, that microphone will pick it up. If you put a set a pen down on the table, that microphone's recording that. I mean, it'll pick up those little noises. Absolutely. I had to get a mouse on purpose. 
a silent mouse that wouldn't click because wouldn't click. I would hear it all the time that clicking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that mic picks it all up. Yes. So. so Eric, tell me something. Most people that I see, and I don't know everybody that starts a podcast because there's many millions, but most people that I see on Facebook groups and mention that they're starting it, one of the first things that they ask about is how much money they're going to make with advertising. So, <laughs> so I'm guessing a lot of people start a podcast for the wrong reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're not going to make money uh, from your podcast. You use your podcast to make money through other, uh, through other avenues and other, other income streams. Um, in order to make money with, the, with advertising on your show, you need a really large audience. And getting a really large audience is a difficult thing to do. If you look at the uh, Libsyn has a feed, Libsyn is an audio host where you put your audio. So, um, so podcatchers like Stitcher and Spotify and Apple podcasts can go find it over there on your, at your audio host. And so they, they release numbers every month on um, averages and means and medians and how many downloads per episode. And they say after an episode has been out for about a month, they look at the numbers and they, they uh, say the mean, which is the middle. So if you stack every podcast up from smallest to largest in terms of downloads per episode, the, the, mean, the median right in the very middle is about 100 and it varies month to month, but it's about 125 downloads per episode is the median, which means 50% of, of, of podcasts are lower than 125 and 50% are higher than 125. So you're not going to make a lot of money getting 125 downloads to listen. You know, they say if you are in, if you're getting like 1,200 downloads an episode, you're in the top 20% of all podcasts that are out there. Wow. Wow. And, is- and you need, you need probably five to 10,000 downloads per episode in order to attract some, some decent size advertisers. So, on, on the other hand, if you're using your podcast as a marketing tool for your business, um, then you're making money every time somebody buys whatever it is you're selling. Pat Flynn with Smart Passive Income started his podcast and built up an audience. And then he made all of his money originally through affiliate marketing. And so he would recommend other uh, courses or books or he would recommend web hosting and he would recommend that. And every time somebody made a purchase, he would get an affiliate commission from that. And that's how he started. A lot of people use their podcast to, uh, to demonstrate and market their coaching expertise or their membership site or their courses or their books or whatever products and services that you have. If you use your podcast as a marketing tool to demonstrate that authority and that expertise and then make money selling those products and services, that's how you make money using your podcast. Your podcast isn't the business. The podcast is the marketing arm of the business. I agree 100%. 100% Eric. That's why my e-commerce podcast, I don't even accept uh, advertisers on the podcast. And I've been asked before, but it took, uh, you know, it took three years before I get or two years, two and a half years before I got like the first advertiser to ask me to have ads, but then I considered it and I don't accept ads because it is like you said, it can be used as a marketing tool as I can build up myself, my expertise out there. And I interview the experts in, in same e-commerce and selling online. 
and it takes a lot of work to go out and find advertisers and sponsors mm-hmm. for your show. I mean, that's a full-time job in itself. There are a million podcasts out now. Podcasting has grown about 20% a year right now. And with a million podcasts sitting around hoping that a sponsor is going to approach you to advertise yeah. on your show, is that's going to be a long wait. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So, and um, you know, something I didn't notice, which is I never thought of until until it happened, but it was, you know, when you start your podcast, there's nobody there. There's, it's crickets. No, you're, right. you're, not even your mom is going to listen to it. <laughs> right. but, but then it starts building up. And then there's something that happened. I don't know if it was around 50 or 60 episodes on, on my first one. It was the compounding effect of the previous weeks. Because when, yeah. you get, when you get your download stats, it's not just it was from last week, but it wasn't just last week's episode. It was all the other episodes. And Yeah, you start hitting that momentum when people discover you and they love this episode. Then they're going to want to go back and get all your old episodes as well. They might not listen to all of them, but even if they listen to a couple dozen, all of a sudden, that's when the snowball really starts to pick up some steam. Yeah, love it. So tell me, Eric. Like, what is one of the tips that you would tell me right now or anybody like to improve a podcast this week or within the next week? Uh, add storytelling to your podcast. Tell stories on your podcast because that's what captivates people. People have learned for generations upon generations via stories. You know, all of the stories of the Bible, uh, the, the Grimm fairy, the Grimm brothers, uh, fairy brothers, Grimm fairy tales, uh, you know, all of the, all of the things that we've learned from the time we were little kids have all been conveyed to us through story. And that's Mm -hmm. how people will learn. And that's how people will remember what you teach them. And that's your story is something nobody else can copy. You know, if you're teaching the same thing, uh, if you and I are describing the same experience, maybe this weekend, you know, around here, there, there a lot of pop-up drive-in theaters are going up because with COVID and everything, uh, movie theaters are putting the screen on the side of their building and show, and people will come park in the parking lot and watch the movie on the side of the building. And it's pretty awesome. Um, but you and I might go and experience that uh, separately. You know, you take your family. I take my family and we go and experience that. And we tell the story on Monday of how that happened. Your story is going to be completely Mm -hmm. different from my story because your experience there is going to be completely different from mine. Nobody can copy that story because it's unique to you. So regardless of what you're talking about, let's say we're teaching, let's say we're teaching affiliate marketing on our podcasts. If I use my story to teach affiliate marketing, Nobody can copy that because it's unique to me. It's my story. And stories have a plot and a storyline and a beginning and a middle and an end. And, and people love stories. When it's all data and numbers and facts and figures, um, it'll, be, it'll be difficult to keep people to stick around. So regardless of what you're teaching or what you're talking about on your show, when you incorporate those stories, um, you will see engagement with your show uh, start to increase immensely. And you would do that even during a podcast with, while you're interviewing somebody, you would also, you would put in that story or you would let your go, your, your guest share the, because basically we're doing that right now. You're sharing your story, how you started and all that. 
Uh, yeah. Would you intervene and share your story too? I would, but I'd make mine much shorter. Mm-hmm. So if I were interviewing you, um, let's say I'm interviewing you about your podcast and how you started. Well, you did it just a little bit ago. You said, you know, when I started, you know, I was talking to nobody and that, yeah. that imposter syndrome started kicking in. You gave me a little bit of your story, uh, you know, in the question. It was just a shorter version of that story. And that's how people get to know who, who you are. They get to know what you value and what you believe in and, you know, what you enjoy. People do business with those they know, like, and trust. And the best way to get to know who you are and what, you, what you're all about and whether or not I like who you are and can trust you is through the stories that you tell me. That's how I get to know what you value and what you enjoy. And how about a podcaster being on other podcasts? Uh, that should be beneficial as well for the podcaster. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, studies show that most people discover a podcast through word of mouth. And when a lot of podcasters hear that, they think, oh, well, then their friend must have told him about it. But it's not just word of mouth through people that you know. Many people hear podcasts mentioned on other podcasts, or they see it mentioned in social media, or their friend might tell them about it, or they might read about it in a magazine. But somebody somewhere was talking about the show, and that's how they discovered it. I was on a call earlier uh, with an with a, uh, individual who's starting a podcast, and I was talking to her about the shows she listens to. And she goes, well, I started listening to the Dave Ramsey show. And Dave Ramsey uh, was talking about uh, Dan Miller at 48 Days to the Work You Love. So I started listening to Dan Miller's show. And Dan, he was talking about Ray Edwards, who does the Ray Edwards show. And that's about copywriting. And I started listening to the Ray Edwards show. And then I heard Ray talk. And she was going down. She had like six or eight podcasts. But she found every podcast by listening to another podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can spread. When you just get other people to mention you, you don't even have to be interviewed on the show. You just get that person to talk about you. And, you know, if I say, uh, if I say, yeah, I'm a member of Dan Miller's 48 Days Eagles uh, community. And I mentioned Dan and his podcast. And then you go, hey, that sounds like a cool podcast. And you go listen to it. That's word of mouth. And that's how you get it to spread. So just getting people in the circle to talk about you is so powerful. Yeah, that's how I subscribe to certain podcasts because one of them that you mentioned that was Pat Flynn. I started hearing Pat Flynn many years ago. And because not because, uh, it's just because I really liked the content of what we, he was talking about. It was, it was very relevant to me. But then he would have uh, guests and he would mention other guests. And I then, uh, Jordan Harbinger, uh, which now has the Jordan Harbinger show. He was the yeah. Art of Charm. Art of Charm, yeah. Those were like top stories. Like, And after I, I would hear one of those stories, I would go Google those people that he interviewed. And and if they had yeah. a podcast, I like, because. Absolutely. I, and there you go. It's storytelling, like you said. So I, I was listening to Internet Business Mastery. And uh, they talk about Pat Flynn and how they helped Pat Flynn get launched. And so, oh, so I went over and I listened to Pat Flynn's show and Pat Flynn was talking about Shane and Jocelyn Sam's over at Flip Lifestyle. And I go, oh, okay. So I went over and I'm listening to those guys and they were talking about screw the nine to five. Uh, and so I went over and I started listening to those guys and it's just a, you know, it's a rabbit hole. It's a, just a big daisy chain <laughs> when you can get people to talk about, 
But then I find I start running in the same circle, right? Like everybody starts mentioning the same people. And yes. so then I have to go find a random podcast to listen to uh, so I can find a whole new circle to run in and discover a, a bunch of podcasts I didn't realize existed. Okay. So before I let you go, I want to know one more thing. And this is kind of, it's almost a selfish question because I, I want to know, <laughs> I want to get better too. But I often hear a podcast and I love it and I subscribe to it and I listen and I listen. And then I can hear whenever I'm driving or in the shower, I have waterproof speakers in the shower. I, I like hearing podcasts and I can go through, you know, 50 episodes in a month and then I unsubscribe. So what, what is like the main reason that would get people coming back? Because after a while, you know, the content starts to repeat themselves. So I'm guessing that's one. Don't repeat the content too often. But like, what is something else that, because I do, I do like them and, you know, it's, you know, like and trust, right? But after a while, uh, your time is also limited. You've got to find other things. Yeah, I think it's natural that you kind of ebb and flow through shows. I do that as well. You know, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan, and I'll find that I listen to Dave Ramsey for a, a length of time. And, you know, Dave's been teaching the same eight baby steps for to, to reach financial peace for 20 years, right? And so every question, it's the same answer. It's one of the eight steps. Like, it's the same thing. It's just packaged a little differently. And so, you know, once I've heard enough of it, I, I find something else to listen to for a while and then I'll go back and I'll, I'll catch up again and start, start listening. So the way to keep people coming back is to continue to be engaging with your stories, find new stories, always be curious of what's happening in your life. A lot of times you get tired of listening to a show because they tell the same stories over and over right? There's probably a dozen stories in your life that you keep referring back to. The time I started my business or the time I nearly went bankrupt or the day, the time I got married or when I had my kids or, you know, there's a handful of those big stories in your life. What you need to do is, is um, be aware of the little things that happen in your life and be curious. When you find yourself going, well, that's interesting. I wonder why that happens. Write that down. Write that down because that's something we should be talking about. If it's something that captures your attention and piques your curiosity, use that story. You know, it's like I'm out driving. I don't know what the deal is now here in my town, but uh, you're out driving during the day and people drive with their headlights on, right, during the day. And, and so people, other drivers can see them, right? That, that's happened for a while. Well, t recently, people start driving with their bright lights on during the day which I don't understand. And when they pull up behind you, especially in trucks, I'm like, you have your bright lights on. It's noon. Like, I don't know. You're not seeing any better with your bright lights on. But, you know, that just little things like that, that figure out how they factor into your subject matter, right? And so um, I might write that down. Like, people are driving with bright lights on. So how can I use that as I'm teaching podcasting? Well, I might use that as a way to demonstrate that I could pretty much take anything and turn it into a topic on a show. Here's how I can do it. Why do people drive with their bright lights on? And then I can just, I'll start brainstorming about that and figure out how I take that little story of something that happened in my life and I bring it to a teaching point on my podcast. And so when you can be, when you can uh, continually be curious about the things that are happening in your life, you never tell the same story too often 
where people start getting bored because they've heard all of your stories. Every day brings a new story. And if you're only recording a show once a week, you have seven days to find new stories. You just have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to be aware of the thoughts in your head when you think, well, that's interesting. I wonder why that happens. Or a funny thing, you know, the funny thing the dog did or the kids did or when you're at the grocery store or, you know, why do people always, you know, say something in particular? You just find those little stories. That's one way. The other way to keep people coming back is to create a community. When it's only about you, it's going to get boring after a while. If you're incorporating your listeners into it, their journey, their story, uh, their struggles, their questions, uh, that's when your podcast can take on a whole new dimension because now it's not just your story, it's the community story. And it might be how they're using your product or service or coaching or your teachings or uh, how they're also uh, doing what you do in the niche or something like that. So when you let other people tell their stories, it adds a whole new uh, level of depth to your to your podcast. Beautiful, beautiful. I guess you, you had to do that for so many years live. Did, in radio, you had to do it live. You, had, you can't just correct yourself. You can't go right. re- remove your ums and ahs and... I guess yeah, that so would be I'm this. on the radio. Uh, I was on the radio four hours a day, every day of the week or Monday through Friday. Right. So I'm doing, I'm doing 200 shows a year. Uh, I got to find new stuff to talk about. <laughs> right. I have to figure out what's going on today. You know, if I'm going through the drive through or heading to the bank or, you know, trying to get my kids, you know, I, I was talking about uh, getting my kid out of bed for the first day of school. And he got up just like that, like ready to go. By the time Friday hit, you know, it's like waking the dead. Like you can't get him out of bed, you know, and it's just little things like that. You just kind of uh, be aware of your surroundings and the things that pique your curiosity. Because the way to be interesting on your podcast is to be interested. When you're yes. interested, you become interesting. When you set out to interview somebody, and you're only asking a list of questions because you think that's what the audience wants to hear, it's going to be stale. When you're asking the questions that you really want to know the answer to, and you're interested in what your guest has to say, that's when the interview really becomes powerful. Oh, man, that's so good. That's so good, Eric. <laughs> oh, so tell me something, because we're running out of time here. Your business is called Podcast Talent. Podcast uh, Talent Coach. Yep, you can find it at podcasttalentcoach.com. So uh, statistics show that most podcasts go away after about seven episodes. You know, people launch and they, uh, they, they launch their podcast and they do a handful of episodes and then they either run out of stuff to talk about or they figure out how much work it really is or, you the know, revenue they, they, doesn't exist. Right. The, the how come I don't have, you know, 5,000 listeners and the, the, the bank truck isn't rolling up to my front door, you know? And so what I want to help people do is take their, Take their information, transform it into entertainment, take their podcast, turn that into powerful, profitable relationships, but do that over a period of time. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's how do we take what you do and, and demonstrate your superpower on your show, keep your head down, do the work, let, it, let the audience grow, and just uh, create really strong relationships one listener at a time. Nice. So podcasttalentcoach.com. That's the best place to find you and get a that get is, a Yeah. If you go over, especially if you do interviews on your podcast, right there on the homepage of podcasttalentcoach.com, you can download my uh, 17 most powerful podcast interview questions ever. They're right there on the homepage. 
Um, they're open-ended questions and uh, they're able, they, they are designed to get your guests to tell fantastic stories. And you only need to use a couple of them on an episode. And because they're, they're fill in the blank, n- the question is never the same with two different guests. You can, you can manipulate the question to be completely different for your next guest. And it, it, uh, it brings out some amazing stories. Oh man, I should have went there before I interviewed you. <laughs> that, that would have yeah, been funny if you caught on to it. And like, yeah, like, Those wait are a I, That sounds familiar. Where did that come from? <laughs> but yeah, I have all sorts of worksheets over there that can that can uh, help you um, help you shape your show and transform your information. Um, the podcast is over there as well. Everything you need, podcasttalentcoach.com. You can uh, learn about my coaching. I offer a free strategy session if you want. If you need some little tune-up on your show, we just get on the phone and figure out where you want to go over the next year and uh, develop a plan for you to get there. No strings attached. That's a free service I offer because I just love meeting podcasters. You know, if it comes to an opportunity to work together, great. If not, uh, you know, we made friends and and uh, I just love helping people with their show. So all of it's over there. PodcastTalentCoach.com. There you go, guys. I'll have it on the show notes in case you didn't, you can't remember. Podcasttalentcoach.com. Uh, check it out on the show notes. It would be the Fast podcast forward slash Eric Johnson. Eric, thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you here. And uh, well, I've got to download those, those questions for my next interview. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, thanks. It was a, a pleasure joining you tonight. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing to FailFast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit FailFastPodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.